Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Acts. Today is episode 308. We're looking at Acts chapter 22, verse 30, through chapter 23, verse 11. Let's read our passage. The next day, since he wanted to find out exactly why Paul was being accused by the Jews, he released him and instructed the chief priests and all the Sanhedrin to convene. He brought Paul down and placed him before them. Paul looked straight at the Sanhedrin and said, Brothers, I have lived my life before God in all good conscience to this day. The high priest Ananias ordered those who were standing next to him to strike him on the mouth. And Paul said to him, God is going to strike you, you whitewashed wall. You're sitting there judging me according to the law, and yet in violation of the law are you ordering me to be struck. Those standing nearby said, Do you dare revile God's high priest? I did not know, brothers, that he was the high priest, replied Paul. For it is written, you must not speak evil of a ruler of your people. When Paul realized that one part of them were Sadducees and the other part were Pharisees, he cried out in the Sanhedrin, Brothers, I am a Pharisee, a son of Pharisees. I am being judged because of the hope of the resurrection of the dead. When he said this, a dispute broke out between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. For the Sadducees say there is no resurrection, neither angel nor spirit. But the Pharisees affirmed them all. The shouting grew loud, and some of the scribes of the Pharisee party got up and argued vehemently, We find nothing evil in this man. What if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him? When the dispute became violent, the commander feared that Paul might be torn apart by them and ordered the troops to go down and take him away from them and bring him into the barracks. The following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Have courage, for as you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so it is necessary for you to testify in Rome. Well, Paul has been in Jerusalem. There's been the rumor that he has been spreading teaching in Asia and Europe for Jews not to follow the Jewish customs. Somebody accused him of bringing a Gentile into the temple inner courts, and the mob then started to beat him violently. The Roman soldiers came and stopped the chaos, rescued Paul, and was trying to find out from the crowd what was going on, but couldn't get a straight answer. So they took Paul up the steps to go into the barracks, and Paul got permission to speak to the crowd. And as he began to relay his Uh, faith in Judaism to the crowd, they listened until they said that the risen Messiah had appeared to him and appointed him to go to the Gentiles. Then they went crazy again. And that's where the soldiers then took Paul into the barracks. They were going to beat him with a, a scourge until they discovered that he was a Roman citizen, in which case then they stopped any mistreatment of, of Paul. So the Roman commander still wants to get to the bottom of what's going on, so we pick it up here in verse 30. The next day, since he wanted to find out exactly why Paul was being accused by the Jews, he released him and instructed the chief priests and all the Sanhedrin to convene. He brought Paul down and placed him before them. So he figures that if anybody's going to understand what's going on, because he's seen the way the Jewish people are reacting, he understands it's a disagreement about Jewish faith, well, he'll take it to the Jewish Sanhedrin, the high court of Israel. 
It says he released him. By that, it doesn't mean he let him go into the streets, but let him out of whatever cell he was in and took him to beat with the Sanhedrin. Now, it says he instructed the chief priests and all the Sanhedrin to convene. There's disagreement over what kind of authority he had as the commander of the Roman garrison. He was the ranking Roman official in Jerusalem, so he had the authority of the Roman government. Could he, though, order the Sanhedrin to convene? Some say yes, some say no, and some say, well, maybe he just ordered an informal hearing or asked for one. Uh, Regardless, he brought about a, a convening of the Sanhedrin and brought Paul down to be seen by them. So in verse 1 of chapter 23 now, Paul looked straight at the Sanhedrin and said, Brothers, I have lived my life before God in all good conscience to this day. It seems that Paul's going to take the same tack that he was with the crowd. He's going to review his faithfulness to the Jewish faith. And so he's saying, I've, I've lived faithful before God all, all my life. There's an implication there. Those that know he's a follower of Christ, and I'm sure everybody knows that, the implication would be is he, if he's lived as a clear conscience before God, then anybody who is not a follower of Christ, it would not be so. So verse 2, the high priest Ananias ordered those who were standing next to him to strike him on the mouth. Well, the implication there is that those who are not followers of Christ are outside the will of God. Verse 3, then Paul said to him, God is going to strike you, you whitewashed wall. You're sitting there judging me according to the law, and yet in violation of the law, you're ordering me to be struck. This was a violation of the law to punish someone who has not yet been tried, who has not been found guilty. That's a violation of the law. So the high priest is in violation of the law. And Paul's challenge to him that God is going to strike you, actually that does come true. About 10 years later, in a Jewish uprising, uh, because Ananias was very very much in cahoots with the Roman government, very pro-Roman, he was actually killed in that revolt. Verse 4, those standing nearby said, you dare revile God's high priest? Verse 5, I did not know, brothers, that he was the high priest, replied Paul, for it is written, you must not speak evil of a ruler of your people. There's a debate here over what's going on. Paul says, I did not know he was the high priest. Did Paul really not know he was the high priest? The high priest would have been in a very special position as the the chief of the Sanhedrin, as the one who uh, controls the Sanhedrin. The high priest wears special high priest clothes. So how could Paul not know he was the high priest? Perhaps Paul was not facing the high priest and didn't hear who said it. Others say, well, no, he knew exactly who the high priest was. And this is a sarcastic comment, essentially saying, well, gosh, you sure aren't acting like a high priest. I didn't realize you were the high priest because anybody who would violate the law like that and act that way couldn't be the high priest. So hard to say. But at this point, Paul does change his position and says, okay, I will act respectfully to the office of high priest. And Paul also seems to change his strategy here, where he was beginning to recite his faithfulness to Judaism. 
We see in verse 6, when Paul realized that one part of them were Sadducees and the other part were Pharisees, he cried out in the Sanhedrin, Brothers, I am a Pharisee, son of Pharisees. I'm being judged because of the hope of the resurrection of the dead. Verse 7, when he said this, a dispute broke out between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. For the Sadducees say there's no resurrection, and neither angel nor spirit. But the Pharisees affirm them all. So Paul, rather than try and defend himself, he's going to create a problem between the two groups within the Sanhedrin. Now, the majority of the Sanhedrin are Sadducees, but it's a fairly substantial and fairly powerful minority who comprise the Pharisees. The Sadducees are the aristocracy. They are the the rich people. They control the temple. The Pharisees, they pretty much control the local synagogues. The Pharisees are the ones who are the teachers of the law because they're very devoted to following the law. And the scribes, that is the the, uh, religious lawyers and those who uh, care for the the maintenance of the, the, the Holy Scriptures, they are all Pharisees. The Pharisees believed the entire Old Testament, whereas the Sadducees only held the first five books, the Pentateuch, the books of Moses, as authentic. Everything else was was questionable to them. And primarily, the Sadducees did not believe in any resurrection. Resurrection is central to Christianity. And many Pharisees did come to faith in Christ because they're primed to believe in the resurrection of Jesus. They had a hope of a resurrection of themselves. The Pharisees believed that angels were active in the world and there was a spiritual reality to be encountered where the Pharisees denied that. Now, they believed that angels may have existed because they're uh, you find them in the first five books of the Bible at points, but they certainly didn't interact with people. They weren't active in the world. So there's a lot of tension between the Sadducees and the Pharisees. And so Paul points out he's a Pharisee, and central to his hope is the resurrection. Well, that's true. As Paul says in his letter to the Corinthian church, if there's no resurrection, well, if, then Jesus himself wasn't resurrected. And if that's the case, our Our hope is in vain. So now there's a large disagreement between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Verse 9, the shouting grew loud, and some of the scribes of the Pharisees' party got up and argued vehemently. We find nothing evil in this man. What if a spirit or angel has spoken to him? So now the Pharisees are defending Paul. He believes in a resurrection, and maybe there was an angel who appeared to him on the Damascus Road and spoke to him. Verse 10, when the dispute became violent, the commander feared that Paul might be torn apart by them and ordered the troops to go down, take him away from them, and bring him into the barracks. So apparently the disagreement got quite intense. It says even turned violent. I just have a picture of the Sadducees and the Pharisees flailing at each other. Uh, with a wriggle, knockdown, drag-out fight. And so the, the commander of the Roman garrison says, I'm not going to get any answers here. And so he orders the soldiers to rescue Paul from that situation. 
Then verse 11, The following night the Lord stood by him and said, Have courage, for as you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so it's necessary for you to testify in Rome. And remember, that was something that was said to Ananias, a different Ananias, back in Damascus when he was told to go and lay hands on Paul. said, This man is my chosen instrument. He will testify before Jews, Gentiles in Jerusalem and in Rome, before kings. And so that's all playing out now. He's testified to the people in Jerusalem. He's testified now to the Jewish rulers in Jerusalem and now setting the stage for him to eventually go to Rome. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the book of Acts.